Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Here with the talk of the town. Thank you to the hometown Martinet in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millet and his orchestra are offering a program of dance music. December 15th, and you are now live with the Middleman Present Talk of the Town with Nick Eden. I am your host, Nick Eden, and I got my man Al with me. What up, 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 yeah, I want to let everybody know that um, I do the music. You know, we all have musical backgrounds, and the album that's about to release is uh, myself and my uh, my co-partner, um, Business. And the name of the group is Steel Mag, S-T-E-E-L-M-A-G. The name of the album is Eyes on the Prize. It is It will be released tomorrow, um, December the 16th, so please. Check out the album. You know, we got videos on YouTube. Just type in Steel Mag. Uh, <clears throat> the number one video we got right now is Turn Off the Light. Turn them off! With the other videos that will be released very soon. Uh, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice over here. I'm so excited. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the album is available tomorrow. No degrading of women on the album, no degrading of the human race on the album. Everything is good music, good ride music. We got some positive music, we got some music you can dance to. Um, we got some music that, you know, that'll make you think. Um, you know, just check it out. Let us know what you think. You can follow us on Facebook at Steel Mag. We got a fan page. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at um at the Middleman Al and at Mr. South Lee. That's what I'm talking about. And actually, oh, yeah. for those of you who are on the uh, Middleman Facebook page, I just posted the link to Amazon where you can actually go in, you can play samples of it, and tomorrow, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, go ahead, click that Amazon link, and click where it says Add to Wish List. Because this is a great yeah. stocking stuff. 
I'm telling you right now, it's a gift that keeps on getting good music. We gotta support it. And in the back, we got my man sitting over there chewing on chicken bone. Bag on chicken bone. It's like one of them both chicken bone. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, right. KG. Yeah, I had to clear my throat on that one. <laughs> that. Wow. What's going on this week, fellas? Man, we back. We back. So we had another week. First off, everybody that tuned in last week, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. We had a great show. My man, the Nook called in, showed us some love as always, dropped some knowledge. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, we're going to talk about it a little bit today, but we will definitely go full throttle next week on hip hop and these bum ass labels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hip hop and these bum ass labels. We're going to get into that. I want to get into these sales right now, though. Yeah, decent, decent sales week. Michael Blue, Michael Bublé. Well, let me tell y'all something. Y'all don't know anything about this white boy. This man's Christmas album, simply titled Christmas, is number one okay. yet again. Number one for the second week in a row. Now, this is what's crazy. You know, usually there's about a fifty percent drop in your sales from your first week to your second week, right? No. This cat actually went up 57%. Last week, wow. he sold about 183. Came in at number one on the Billboard charts. This week, he sold 473,000 copies. Ooh. That is an increase. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an increase of 57%. Wow. A Christmas album. No is less. That, is that the guy they were saying that was going to give, uh, what's his name, a little hell? Um, Robin Thicke. Well, Michael Bublé, he has, no, 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 no. You're thinking about Alan Stone. Alan Stone. Uh, ah. Yeah, he, but let me, you know what? And um, I, I don't want to announce his new deal because it hasn't been officially announced by the label. Uh, if, for anybody out there who's familiar with American Idol, the season that Taylor Hicks won, there was another young man that came in third by the name of Elliot Yamin. And when I tell you, this is one of the baddest white boys singing R&B. Like, you know, usually they'll say Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, or Robin Thicke. No. This guy, Elliot Yamin, is one of the baddest white boys, period. He released two albums already. His first album went gold independently. His second album sold 200,000 copies now. Um, please announce that he's coming back with a new album. Uh, he just signed with the label. Uh, the CEO of the label is a good friend of mine. I can't announce it just yet. But I'm telling you, it's coming. It's going to be bad. Now, that's who they need to be worried about. I don't know about this Alan Stone character, but that's who they need to be worried about. Michael Bublé has more of that, uh, that jazz, old Frank Sinatra kind of vibe to him. Real good, though. Real good cat. Real good cat, but um, he came in number one this week. Uh, of course, Adele she stays in the top five every week. Uh, she's back. She actually went up twenty eight percent. Her new album, Twenty One, has sold 100, another hundred eighty six thousand copies. Uh, she's moving towards that seven thousand range. That I'm sorry, that seven million range. She's killing it right now. She's actually recovering from uh, throat surgery too. So best wishes to Adele. Sort of thing. Um, Drake comes in at number seven this week with his new album, Take Care, with 71,000 copies sold. 
And he actually rounds out the top ten in terms of urban releases. Now, here's the story of the night in terms of sales. We both know that both The Roots and T-Pain dropped their new albums this week. And before I get into this, let me say something. Uh, and it's funny that Kevin and I were actually talking about this a little earlier in the week. Uh, I got a chance to listen to T-Pain's album. I'm not a T-Pain fan. But what I will say is, this new T-Pain album is probably his most well-rounded album. This is really his, this is his best album. I told you. It really is. Kev told me, hey, man, you need to go listen to it. You know, listen to it all the way through. Give it a chance. I did that, and I have to say, it is... It is, uh, it is that. This is his best album. However, Number 15 is dope. It wasn't enough. Stop the Roots, the Mighty Mighty Roots with their new album, Undone, that comes in at 48,000 copies sold. That puts them at number 15 on the Billboard 200. And T-Pain comes in at number 28 with 34,000 sold. Now, the funny thing about that is, Greg Street, we all know, DJ Greg Street, legendary DJ, was actually shocked and appalled. I won't say appalled, but he kept saying how crazy it was. That the Roots also keep paying. And I'm like, you're saying that like it's a bad thing. Let me explain something to you about the Roots. The Roots have been consistent since the beginning of their career. They haven't been affected by trends. They haven't been affected by what was the hot movement at the time. They've just always put out consistent products. And that's what you call building a steady fan base that will continue to support you even when you don't have a hit record. <clears throat> now, yep. I'm not saying that Keith Payne is trendy. But I'm just saying. I, I think Greg I, just really, Greg, Greg really ain't peeped out. I, he know, he should know better of all people. Really, he should, and, and that's the problem. I think that's the problem with, with music nowadays. There's so many people out there that should know better. And they know better. They just don't, they don't do better. Right. You know, that, well, I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole preachy segment about that, but, you know, Congrats to those guys Because I'm going to tell you right now um, I think this is If I'm not mistaken This is T-Pain's fifth album And I applaud anybody That can get to five albums In this industry Especially Especially In today's times So Big shout out to To both The Roots And T-Pain Now next week Well actually for this week Coming up And we'll have those numbers For the next Talk of the Town With Nick Eaton Anthony Hamilton his new album, Back to Love, we'll have the numbers on that. I heard the album yesterday. The album is great. Um, Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa with their joint album. And then Gucci Mane's new album. How he dropped a new album and he just got out of jail yesterday, I don't know. <laughs> right. Lemonade. <laughs> Lemonade. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then of course next this coming Tuesday, uh, Young Jeezy's Thug Motivation 103 will be dropping. Uh, this is the album that Rick Ross said was going to be pushed back without a release date. And Rick, your album's still in out. Anyway, but um, in other news, speaking of albums and all this good stuff, Ashanti is back, ladies and gentlemen. Ashanti is back with a new deal. Now, we know that she previously recorded for Murder, Inc. And after they got rated, rated by the feds, Kip Hop and his one-man label, she uh, went on to secure a, another deal with Universal Motown for her um, This Is Me album. Now, 
The album didn't perform up to the standards. And actually, Universal Motown, as we talked about earlier this year, has shut down its doors and then merged into four or five different labels. So Ashanti just announced today that she inked the worldwide distribution and label services partnership with E1 Music and her own imprint, Written Entertainment. This is now making Ashanti an independent artist. A move that in R&B seems like lately has been the, the big move. And honestly, E1 Entertainment has been getting a lot, a lot of artists lately. They got a lot of artists over there right now. They passed this new deal with 2E1. Donnell Jones, Brian and I, like, they're catching them. Faith Evans, Kendrick the Family Soul, Ruben Stutter's new deal is with E1. Just, they got a lot going on over there. Yeah. So, shout out to Ashanti and her new deal. Um, can I say that I'm going to be one of the ones to pick up the album? Mm. You know, you know, like but you know what, folks? I really enjoyed her first album. I really did. I'm not saying she's the best vocalist, but hey, who is nowadays? But I, I really did enjoy her first album. I can't really say too much for her albums after that, but her first album, I, I enjoyed So anyway, that's enough of entertainment. Sports, what in the hell is going on in basketball? They are playing with lives, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Paul is with the Clippers. Yeah. I'm ready to see that. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to see that. They're going to they're gonna be counted. They're gonna be, that's going to be something to see, man. Blake got him a person that can get him to rock. He is about to go down. Well, and you know what? I agree. Here's my problem with it. My problem is this. Do I think they're gonna make it to? Do I think he have a ch- he has a chance of getting the ring? Maybe after a few years of building, maybe. I definitely don't think they're gonna get it right now. And my biggest issue is this: David Stern for him to block that trade to the Lakers. Why are you playing with people's livelihoods? Nobody wants to end up being like Charles Barkley. Yes, everybody knew who the Phoenix Suns were during Charles Barkley's run, but guess what? He still didn't get a ring. And that's something that has carried with him this entire time, and he's still softy about it. Do you ever hear him talk about it? Like, he hated the fact that LeBron, LeBron went to Miami because he was like, damn, he's going to get a ring eventually. It still bothers Charles Barkley that he does not have a ring. He can't I even he go to one. one. Oh, he should have had one, man. He definitely should have had one. And my thing is, back in the day, would anybody have been mad at him if he had gone to the Celtics or gone to the Bulls or gone to the Lakers? I don't think so. So why are they mad at him? He tried to block Chris Paul from going to the Lakers with a good move. Like, I mean, come on now. Why are you playing with these, with these people's lives here? Hey, you remember Chuck? Chuck, um, Chuck went to the uh, Houston Rockets with a Kimolaj one and all them when they was going on a downward spiral and still didn't make it. On a downward spiral, that's the difference. They were going on their downward spiral. Oh, yeah. My thing no, is, I like Chris yeah, Paul. I, I think Chris Paul's a good player. I think Chris Paul would have done well with he and Kobe together. I really do. No, I'm a Laker yeah. head, dog. We don't talk like that on this show, dog. I'm, I'm not. Um, you know, now, Kev, you know I'm not a Laker fan. You know that. But I'm sorry. I got to, you know, I just, I have to be realistic at the same time. Do you respect the game? Hey, Hey, Kev. What's that? The funniest year that I can remember for the Lakers is when they had Carl Malone and oh, yeah. Eric Payton. Yeah, 
and everybody <laughs> thought they was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, hold on, hold on. I got something for that. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> this is dedicated to that year for the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was yeah, that, was, that was dedicated to them because they had that droop face. Hysterical. Yeah, they should have won today, man. Yeah, we'll miss but they did. Lakers. Lackers. I'm not even going to get into that today. Anyway, guys, if you're just tuning in, now we're going over our random acts of entertainment, but we do have a specific topic today, and we're talking about Indie versus Major Part 2. This week on Talk of the Town with Nick Eden, we will revisit the age-old topic of Indie versus Major. How has the industry shifted in just a year? Do Indie and Major artists need to change the way they release music? Are major labels actually necessary for artists to succeed? Now, what actually sparked this topic and for me to bring back Indie versus Major was the situation with Ashanti and her new deal with E1. And with everything that's gone on this year, we've seen at least five major labels close this year. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you out there doing music and thinking that you want to sign to a major label, all five of those labels that were closed were urban labels. Were urban, let me say it again, all five major labels that were closed this year. And all five of them had chart toppers. They were all closed and they were all urban. So we're going to get into that right after we get into this first break. This first song comes up. By way of an artist that we're all familiar with, Grammy nominated, he's an independent soul artist. Love the man's work, he does great music, he has a great album called As Above, So Below. This is Anthony David with Forevermore featuring Algebra and Little Brother. I'm sorry, and Fonte of Little Brother. This is the Middleman Present Talk of Town with Nick Eaton on Middleman Radio. That's right.
From the seeds and sow To the time it takes to grow Long enough to show you Algebra and Fonte with Forevermore. That was the number one single independent, by the way. Okay. I'm just okay. saying. All right. Number one. Barack Obama lists Anthony David as his favorite artist. That was independent, by the way. Just saying, for all you artists that are out there, and I remember when Anthony David was rolling around Atlanta with his guitar doing open mics, selling his CDs. Stapled in notebook paper. How about I got one? See that? But wow. it goes to show you that's 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 getting on your grind. That's old grind. Remember the old grind versus new grind show? Mm. That is old grind right there. And to look from to see him go from there, and it wasn't that long ago. To see him go from there to where he is now. That's what I'm talking about. If you guys are just tuned in, this week on Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton, we are revisiting the age-old topic of indie versus major. How was the industry changed? Shifted, sorry. Whoa, sounded like I was from Bankhead. How was the industry shifted in just a year? Do indie and major artists need to change the way they release music? Are major labels actually necessary for indie artists to succeed? Now, let's get into this first question. How has the industry shifted in just a year? Consolidation, ladies and gentlemen. We've lost Universal Motown, which has completely decimated Motown Records. It's gone. They shut down the doors on Jive Records. They shut down the doors on J Records and Arista Records. They also shut the doors on the face completely, even though the doors have been kind of closed for the last few years. They were still keeping it open as an imprint. 
but they shut the door down completely on them. Consolidation. Now, how does this affect urban music? This affects urban music because now you only have three major labels. And here now in a year, it may be down to two. Yeah. Because EMI was split into, uh, was sold into part of the the publishing part going to Sony and the recorded part going to Universal Music. So now you just have Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers. Consolidation. Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. This is what we're talking about. The industry has shifted so much. And here's the crazy thing about EMI. With EMI closing, well, not closing completely, but with EMI being merged into Universal, that takes away one aspect for artists out there who have had success in the past on the charts but they're just getting themselves back into it and that was EMI Label Service who have distributed music from artists like Bobby D, Eric Benet, Tyrese and a host of others consolidation we're losing all the major labels once again it's down to three Warner Brothers was sold for 33 billion this year and it said that they may be on the chopping block again and that this time Sony Music is making a big run for them so that have us down to two. Now, we all know that there are a lot of aspects of the music business that major labels do not control anymore. But one aspect that they are still heavily controlling is radio. And I don't care what anybody says. Yes, you can make it without radio, but I can tell you right now, every independent artist, including myself, we all know that feeling that we get when we hear our song on the radio. Let's just be honest. I mean, it, it, it's Al, am I right or am I wrong? And he's still over here listening to his album in his headphone. Leave him alone. Man, chill out. Right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> still magazine stores tomorrow, folks. Please go get it. Man, I'm, 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 like, I'm like grinning from ear to ear right now. <laughs> Hysterical. But that's a good feeling. You're supposed to have that feeling. I'm listening to the headphones on, man. I'm listening to these things. Cause I, you're supposed to have that feeling. That's that's a good feeling to have. But, Kenneth, can you agree with me that independent artists still want to hear their songs on the radio? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh that yeah. I mean, yeah, man. Who don't most want that. to? Because it, I mean, you know how it goes. I mean, everybody. It's like if you ever watched the Temptation movie when they first heard their record on on the radio. Man, they all crowded around it like they didn't. You know what I'm saying? Won the lottery. Right. I mean, that first feeling of you and I've actually had that feeling. Yes, I have. The first time I heard um, a record that I had made on the radio, it was like, wow. You know, I mean, even though over time you realize it ain't really nothing, but it's just that feeling, man. It's that feeling. It's a high. You know what? I think for me, the first time that it really just hit me was when um, one of my cousins, I was actually home for the holidays. I was in Gulfport. My cousin had driven to um, Atlanta. She was on her way to Atlanta for the holidays. And, you know, in that little stretch between Mobile and Montgomery, there's only one radio station you can pick up there, and that was uh, WKFN, only urban station anyway. Mm-hmm. And so she turned the radio on, and she called me. She was like, Nick, I hear your group song. It was, the, it was the Why Not record that you liked so much. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, that was a good feeling because I know how hard we worked to get that record into rotation there. Right. But for just at a random time for one of my family members to hear it and then call me and they're excited. That in turn made me excited about it. Like that, that moment where I was like, okay, yeah. 
But that's still an avenue that's largely controlled. Even with the smallest radio stations, it's largely controlled by the major labels. And with the consolidation of the music industry going on right now, by this time next year, we may only have two major labels. Mm-hmm. So if you're going out on a major scale, then you're really only going to be able to deal with two, possibly three people. And that's yep. Warner Music, Universal, and Sony. I mean, come on now. That's what's going to happen. They are, yeah, that, that's been predicted for a while. I mean, people that really been paying attention uh, to the industry, man, it's, it's been, I mean, the big, they, really they say it's going to be the big two. Yeah. University, uh, Universal, and uh, Sony. And now here's the funny thing about it. Sony Music, and just to let you guys out there listening know, if you want to get in on this conversation, give us a call at 718-508-9972. Hit that number one. And we'll get you in on this conversation. Here's the crazy thing about it. Sony Music, Sony Entertainment, period, makes more money producing products for you to bootleg music than they do the actual recorded music. (laughs) Yep. I can believe that. I can believe that. The DVD burners, uh, all the other computers that they have. Yeah, the PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah. So, folks, that should let you know where they view the music industry. This is why I say the more desperate the music industry gets, the more they start blaming everyone, the more it's time to back away from the traditional recorded industry. There has to be a new way of doing things. And one of those new ways is really not that new. And that's going back independent. I stress this all the time. Motown Records was an independent label with all of those hits, all those catalog releases that they still put out to this day, all those big, huge radio records. Motown Records was an independent label up until 1988 when they finally sold the company to MCA. The first breakout artist that Motown had after they sold it was Boys to Men. Hmm. Think about that. Wow. So from the time Barry Gordy got that $800 loan from his parents till they sold the company to NCA, they were completely independent. That tells you something. That's money. That's money. Oh, yeah. That's definitely money. And, and the thing about it is, and if anybody, if you ever get a chance to go to Detroit, I, I would beg you to go by the Hitsville building. If they've turned it into the Motown Museum now, go by and soak up some of that energy. One of the craziest things that you will see is all those gold records that they have. Right. Those were actually old Motown 45s that Barry Gordy just took out in the back and he spray painted them gold. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get it done. <laughs> you don't want to get it, Timmy? I'll go ahead and do it myself. I'll take one. That's right. Make it mine. Make it because mine. his theory was <laughs> I know how much I sold. You don't need to know how much I sold, but I know how much I, how much I sold. It's not that he he said, you know what? I don't like the traditional record industry, and I want to do something different. And he did. And ironically, I will say this: like I said a little earlier, all those urban labels got merged into RCA. One of the one of the big three at the time was RCA Victor. And he did not like the way that they operated. Therefore, he said, you know what? 
I'm going to do this my way. Hmm. And now if you think about it, and I'm t- I was just saying this last week, I was just watching this documentary on soul labels out of Chicago. Yeah. All of them were just like, you know what, we're going to do this our way. Malico Records was like, we're going to do this our way. Stacked Records was like, we're going to do this our way. The, hmm. Probably one of the greatest quotes that I ever heard from music industry executives was from Leonard Chess when he said, you know what? Fuck the hits. Just give me 30000 a record. Think about that. Think about if your release is sold 30000 each. Would you really need a major label at that point? No, you don't. Think about if your release is... And, and here's the thing about it. He's saying 30000 and that was back in the 50s. That was back in the 50s, where it may have cost you a few hundred dollars to produce one record. And I say, when I say a few hundred dollars, I'm Literally. just talking light. Yeah, literally. I'm talking light. We're talking about more of the thousands. And nowadays, you got for for someone, they can sit at their computer. They can write a song. They can write. A, they can make a beat to it. They can record it, and they can ship it straight to iTunes. Everything from their computer. And the only thing it's cost them is the software that it takes and the microphone that they had to buy. And in most cases, most of the software is bootleg anyway. Yep. Yep. So whatever you pay for your mic is probably the most. And I've seen people do stuff on a computer mic that costs a dollar seventy-five. I'm just saying. I've seen some miracles happen with some cheap equipment. But what I'm saying is the cost is lower nowadays. Oh yeah. Nowadays you, you're not putting out as much to make a record but I think that's compromised the industry a little bit absolutely but I also think it's good for those of us who are not able to get an $800 loan from our families or not able to sell our business or burn down our club to go into the record business so it's definitely it's cheaper nowadays to produce a record so if you look at it it's actually a little bit easier for you to turn a profit. And that's the basic structure of business. I'm going to put out a product in an attempt to turn a profit off of what it took for me to make this product. Right. That's what you're essentially doing. And if you can do that, you're off to a great start because most businesses, they don't even break even the first year. But if okay. I sat here at my computer and I did all that and I sell five copies, I made my money back plus more. That's true. We don't really think about that. But that just goes to show you how much the industry has shifted. And a lot of this, with this consolidation, this has happened in just a year. They're not giving out record deals like they once were. They're still giving them out, just not in that capacity. I was looking at uh, what that show on VH1. Uh, not basketball. Love and hip hop. Yeah. Okay. And they were talking, and, and Olivia was on there. Olivia used to be signing G Unit and J Rex back in the day. She was on there. She was talking to a manager, and he was saying, "Look, you know, the industry is not the same anymore. You know, the, if somebody comes to us and they're offering a two hundred thousand dollars deal and thirty thousand dollars in your pocket, would you take it?" She's like, "No, I need five hundred thousand dollars and up." Why? They're not spending money like that anymore. They flat out can't afford to. You're talking about labels that have upwards of. 30, 40 acts on their roster at a time. Right. 
they're not spending that money like that. They they would be stupid to spend money like that. Yeah, you can put them out there for little or nothing. You, no, man, the budget ain't what they used to be. It it amazes me how a lot of cats have like they want to go to these labels like they spending that kind of money on artists. Like, you know, it, it's right. funny, real funny. Hey man, shout out to my like man this. Joseph Ivy for listening in. Appreciate you, bro. Oh yeah, big shout out to him. So I'm on Facebook. I put it to you this way. I can remember a group. I will not say their name because I don't, you know, I like put people's finance and stuff, people's finances out there. But it was a hip hop group from the south, and and this was just ten years ago. Just, it just goes to show, ten years ago, that five hundred thousand dollars that she was talking about, that was just used to produce their two singles. Mm-hmm. I mean, the videos for their singles. That's what that two hundred, that five hundred thousand dollars was for. But I will say this: they spent that kind of money on them. But when they came to the plate, they had done over two hundred thousand on both of their independent albums before they even signed with the major. Mm-hmm. See, Olivia just had a minor hit single at a reality show. They're not spending five hundred thousand dollars on that. And my thing is, why should they? And then the crazy thing that the thing that got me was when she said, "I need to be on a major label." Wow. But that's a perception, Nick. That is a perception of a lot of artists. They think they lazy. I call it what it is. They lazy. They want someone to do the work for them. They got to have that team to pamper them, make them feel like they're more, you know, the yes men and. I mean, it, the people don't want to do the old Master P grind, and he, he ain't do it that much either, but you know what I mean. Ow. The but you know what? But you know what, honestly? Even if you don't do the the old Master P grind, there's a new way to grind. Oh, yeah. There's a new effective way to grind, especially when you're in a position that she's in, to where you had a song on the radio, mm-hmm. and you were on a top-rated reality show. So there was somebody else who, put that, who had that same formula and said, you know what, I'm going to use this to my benefit. Right. Candy From the oh, state Oh yeah Yeah She was on The Real Housewives of Atlanta And yeah. she realized yeah. Hey This is my first season On here This is a highly rated show She did a five song EP And she bought Some advertising She worked out A deal with Bravo For some advertising And after every show She was advertising Her EP being on iTunes Smart Now prior to her yep. Doing that she was in talks with a few labels, but they were like, we don't know if we want to get in the business with Candy and this and that. By the end of that season, she had sold about twelve, between twelve and 16,000 copies of that EP. Right. And Warner Brothers came running. So I'm not saying that you have to just stick to everything about the old grind. There's a new grind to do, and there's a formula to do with it. Baby girl, you are on a top-rated reality show. Use it to your advantage. They're not going to go off of Oh you can sing Oh you got a nice look And you're on TV Snooki is on TV Tell me somebody's going by her album Uh, Nothing They want to see some numbers Even if you got a reality show They want to see some numbers Plain and simple It is what it is And it goes into our next question The next question is do Indian major artists need to change the way they release music? I absolutely think that they should. Hey, man. 
Our partner, the Nook, made a very great comment on Twitter the other day. He asked the question, what art did you know that was broke by Twitter? Because, you know, people are just going straight monkey nuts putting their records on Twitter. Just, just spamming on Twitter. Well, let me say this much. What record was broken on Twitter? Think about it now. What record was broken on Twitter? Let, let, let me say this much. Because this is where I think, this is where the disconnect came in. You remember when MySpace was the hot thing? Right. Everybody was on MySpace. Everybody was doing this. Everybody was doing that. Oh, I put my music on MySpace, and I got a million hits. And I got a record deal. You hear stories like Soldier Boy. You hear stories like Sean Kingston. You hear stories. You hear these stories. And to a lot of people, what they don't realize is by the time that the public hears these stories, they have been contrived, stretched out, everything. Things have been omitted. Things have been added. And they make it sound really, really simple. I put my music on MySpace, the people reacted to it, and bam, I got a deal. And now I'm a star. Didn't work like that. Did not work like that. Right. Same thing with YouTube. Oh, Justin Bieber was on YouTube, and he did this, and he did that, and he did this, and now he's a big star. Oh, Dondria was on YouTube, and she sang, and J.D. discovered her on YouTube, and this and that, this and that, and this and that. No, but but everybody just like how we always make the uh, uh, analogy of every woman chasing the same man, everybody chasing the same deal. Fourth yeah. situation. Well, you know what? That's fine. I don't have a problem with you chasing the dream. I don't have a problem with you chasing the deal. My problem is you have to realize that in order to chase that, the best way to chase it is to chase the fans first. And I said that, and I will continue to say that as long as I have a voice to speak. When you chase the fans, the music industry will chase you. Oh, yeah. Some people forget that pretty quick, man. There is no blueprint. This This is an art. It's not a science. And what I say by that, what I mean by that when I say it is, there's no definite way to get into the music business. Am I saying that you need to be on, that you don't need to be on Twitter, Black Knox Music? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, Twitter has to be a part of a very effectively launched marketing plan. Just like Facebook, Reverb Nation. You, you, you use your online presence. But guess right. what? That's only going to last so long. You can, and I'm not saying that you can't build steam online. But for every person that says, I'm going to sit down in front of a computer and I'm going to sing, I'm going to put it on YouTube, and I'm going to be just as famous as the person who wrote the song. And what about Google the song? Not Google, I'm sorry. If you don't go go on YouTube and search the song, before you get to the actual song, you don't get to about 300 people singing it. Well, I mean, everybody's doing it. But, I mean, Nick, though, a good friend of ours also said, um, Orlando Abel said, you know, he believes that when we did the Old Grind, New Grind show, and also in the conference call that we had, he believed people should also have boots on the ground along with the Internet grind. You you have to. That's what's going to make you stand out because guess what? It's not always going to be the best vocalist. And you know what? I heard something today, and it's funny. I love talking to young people. 
because you can learn so much. Like, I, I, I'm the type of person that I believe that you can never stop learning. The day you stop learning is the day that you die. Right. And I learned something from a young person today, and I just, I, I, I had to just acknowledge it. I was told, you know, because we were talking about the state of R&B. And she said, mm-hmm. you know what? And this, and, and by the way, this young lady is a phenomenal singer. Phenomenal singer. She said, you know what? I can't hate on anybody that makes it in the music business. Because this is a very difficult business to break into. So even if you can't sing, but you still made it, I'm still rooting for you. Because I know the pressure. I know what I've gone through just trying in this last couple of years to get in. So I know how difficult it is just from my perspective. So I thought anybody that does it. And it made me think. Because one thing you have to realize, being able to network, being able to get out there and hit the streets and being able to grind, that's a talent too. Right. Everybody doesn't have that talent. So you got a lot of people that can really, really rap. Right. You got a lot of people that can really, really sing. Right. You got a whole bunch of people that can really, really play and produce some great records. But guess what? A good bit of them are lazy. Oh, yeah. And they think that just because I have, man, I can sing, somebody should come to me because I can sing. So what? Guess what? It doesn't change. Let's say you do want to go for that major deal. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But you got to compete with everybody else that's trying to get to that record company. But the competition never stops because once you get into that record company, let's say you go to Warner Brothers and let's say you're a, a, a male singer and you go to Atlantic Records and you walk in that building and you say, I'm ready to be made a star. And they tell you, guess what? Trey Song is already a star and he's on our label. Mm-hmm. Tank is already a star and he's on our label. Pleasure T is already a star and he's on our label. What makes you think we're going to stop everything for you? Nobody ain't gonna do it. That's right. I can tell you right now, ninety-three—I say ninety-three percent of the people that I personally know, and then I can, you know, as, as I personally know, that are in record deals, are struggling just as bad as some of these unsigned artists. As a matter of fact, as an unsigned artist, you have a better chance being unsigned in indie. You have a better chance to get yourself out there even more. Because what you have to realize is once you sign to this major label or this indie label, whatever you sign to, realize that that company now owns your voice for the duration mm-hmm. of that contract. But you know something, Nick, man, something that I see where a lot of artists really make mistakes is the fact that they don't build a good, solid team around them. And you have, like you said, you have people with the talent, but they're lazy. But they don't, they don't want to build a team around them that can actually help them. They'd rather sit up there and mess up something thinking they could put a record out or do all these other things when it's not really feasible for them to do that because they wasted money and time. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Let me play devil's advocate and let me ask you. Now, I'm looking at this as from me. Okay. My biggest issue is I don't like people to work for free. Okay. I feel like if you do the work, you should be compensated for your work. And I think that's a problem. And and, and let's be honest. Money is a great motivator. Right. You know, you can sit up there and you can, I definitely agree with you, because you have to have a team. But how do you get that team together? And how do you hold that glue together 
without it falling apart and keep those people motivated enough to be like, look, one word. money's not there right now. One word. One word. What's progression. Word? You have to show you have to show constant progression. You can't be you you can't look at your situation be you can't be in the same situation that you were in uh, uh, four months ago with the same people. That, if you got a team that's truly doing what they should be doing, you should not be in the same spot that you were previously. And if and that I happens, they can see that the money comes. If you know what I'm saying, a lot of people do what they love because they love it. Individually, right. the money comes. But if mm-hmm. you sit up there and come out say, "Hey, man, I got to pay you off the off, off the jump." A lot of people may not want to get in and fit in where they should. But you really can see who's there for you if if you can get them to come in, work with you while you're building up. And I know it. I mean, people' time is worth a lot. You yeah. Know what I mean? But at the same time, man, where 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 you know what I'm saying? Where's the loyalty for me or, or our situation? You know what I'm saying? When we're building it up. Well, let's bring it back to the question. The question of do they need to change the way they produce music? Because honestly, I do think, and and this is just me in my own little world, I do think that one of the reasons that a lot of teams fall apart is because the artist is so dead set on one thing. Like, we as artists, we're very compassionate. Well, Well, we're very passionate about what we do. Right. You have to realize, and, and you guys know this because you both compose music. When we compose these songs, these songs are like our children. Mm-hmm. They're like our children. We, we're like, we're, I'm, I'm, look, I'm passionate about my, what did everybody do say? I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my shit. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And I think we hold on to this idea of what we want it to be. I want to see the packaging in my hand. I want to see the CD in my hand with all 23 of my songs like this is 1992. Put my double disc out. I think that's a little too much. Yeah. I've seen artists, Candy being an aforementioned artist, five-song EP. She put it out there. Janelle Monet, five-song EP. She sold 11,000 copies of it out there, out the trunk. Old grind and new grind. To use both of them. The music industry has realized, needs to realize at a certain point that the music fan, the attention span of them is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I mean, they've been bombarded with so much music, man. So many people. Well, and see, that's the thing about it. Like, one thing that people, the one thing that I got a lot of last year when I released Education was, man, I love the album. But it was only five songs. Right when I was getting into it, man, I, I, I was okay, and I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Hey, you make them want more. They, they will come back to see what else you got when you put something else out. Come back and drop a little more. Yeah, anticipation for the whatever. Because, I mean, we did have an anticipation level back in the day for an artist's album to come out. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. You was like, oh, man, I can't wait to the, I can't wait till the next album come out or or whatever okay. the case, they hit you with 12 songs, you rocking them 12 songs till that next one come out. Yep. Now, the the next thing, so I'm going to tell you like this. Even if you don't, even if you don't go with something so short, and if you realize, if you think about it, back in the day, 
when they used to put out those the albums, actually vinyl records, it would be like four songs on one side, four songs on the other. You know, these albums would be very short. But I'll tell you right now, Al, a year yeah. from now, I'm going to want another Steel Mag album. We want what we want when we want it. Yep, yeah. And I think that there's a disconnect between the music industry and the music fan. And I think that's why we were never able to capitalize on the digital industry like we should have. Honestly, all that from Napster and everything could have been curbed a long time ago. If someone would have come in 1999 with a music subscription service saying, look, everything is, a go- everything is going digital now because the music industry started to stop it. But if somebody would have come to the plate, to the average music fan and say, look, people don't necessarily have to buy records anymore. They can download them illegally. But what we're doing is we're going to offer you, for $5.99 a month, you can stream all the music that you want. Do you think in that in the economy that we were in, in 1999, when we had a surplus, we weren't in a deficit, we, were in a, we had a surplus. I really think that that person would say, no, I'm not going to pay you for that. Hell no, they'd have jumped on that. They'd have been a fool. Yeah, they'd have been a fool if they did. Okay. And the music industry could have capitalized on that easily, and we would not have had 11 years of the BS that we have now. So we're just getting back to the point where people are buying. They're just buying, they're buying singles again. we got to be happy that people are going out and buying singles again. <laughs> Be happy of that. We'll get to the full albums later. But let's just be happy that they're buying singles again. But that's neither here nor there. Because we're getting ready to close off the show, but I want to get to this last question. Uh, clearly, we're not going to be able to play our second song, but that's just fine. Are major labels actually necessary for indie artists to succeed? No, sir. Mm-mm. What do you think, Al? Nope. Nope. Let me tell you why I do. The reason I think that they are necessary for indie artists to succeed is because you have to have a yang to your yin. Think about what I'm saying. People tend to appreciate the indie artists much more. Why? Because what the major artists are putting out right now is bull. Think about this. <laughs> Radio is so bad right now, it has forced a lot of people to say, you know what, I need to go on the internet and search for the type of music that I like. Think about this. If every artist on the radio that was a major artist was great, just a wonderful artist, just great music, then people would be completely fulfilled on the radio, in the record stores. They would have no need to search for something that had more substance because everything that they were getting was right there put out on the silver platter to them. But because radio is so horrible, because the music and the content of everything on there is so bad, these people were like, man, look, enough is enough. I can't listen to Hot 107.9 without cringing anymore. Let me check online to see who does good hip-hop. Let me try to find some good hip hop. Damn, I just ran through this. But I see this mag, this this steel mag. What is this? Let me check this out. Okay, they're not talking about degrading women. They ain't killing everybody. They actually got some content. This is stuff I like listening to. This is thinking man's music, and I'm a thinking man. Let me go ahead and support this. 
it's almost like the major labels are a necessary evil. Hmm. I like how you put that, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. They're, they they are a necessary evil. Unfortunately, back in the day, the difference is, back in the day, you had artists that put out some BS records. We know this. But there was a balance. You had good records, you had bad records, but the, at the end of the day, there was some type of balance. The balance now is, What's on the radio versus what's on the internet. Now, don't get me wrong. You got to weed out a lot of BS on the internet too. Yeah, yeah. You got to for every you gonna run through about ten bad records before you find one you like. Mm. Probably twenty. Yeah, probably more like two hundred. But when you find that one you like, and let me tell you something. This is the thing I love about soul music. The thing I love about soul music is. I discover a new artist I love every day. I can remember in a week's span, I I discovered as a fan, I discovered Anthony David, Eric Robeson, PJ Morton, Frank McComb, and Chocolate, all in the same week. Every business day of the week, I had some great music. Yeah, check her out. Yeah. Every great. And then on that weekend, I discovered Legacy. Come on. And it was because I was so tired of what I was hearing on the radio. I was like, man, I need some throwback. I need, I need, I need to hear some get down. I need to hear something good. So I do think they're a necessary evil. I think it is necessary for them to be around so we can appreciate. You know how you sometimes it takes the bad for you to appreciate the good that you have in your life. It's one of those oh, yeah. situations. Oh yeah, it's one of those situations. Now next week. We just got a couple minutes left. I do want to touch on this. Next week, I don't know about anybody else on this line right now. I don't know about anybody else sitting across from me in the studio right now. But when I tell you I got a list of record labels that I'm going to break down like a fraction. Because mm. I'm so sick of hip-hop and these bum-ass labels. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. And if anybody want to call me, you can give me a call. My number is 770. Yeah, no, no. I can give him the real number. It's 718-508-9972. That's your number that they need to call. Yeah, yeah. Because some of y'all going to have some hurt feelings. And anybody that knows me know I have no problem telling you that y'all some bum-ass labels. It's time out for this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time out for this. I hear people in the street all day. I hear record execs. I hear people at radio. I hear songwriters, producers, artists, and fans themselves saying how bad hip-hop is. When is somebody going to make a change? Mm -hmm. Big chain records. We can sit there and we can complain about it all day, but when is somebody going to make a change? I hear people saying all the time, there's no good R&B out there anymore. So why are you still listening to LOL Smiley Face? Big chain records. Somebody's got to make the change. And I think the biggest change, first, the, the, the biggest step to getting over an addiction is, is acknowledging it. So next week, we're going to acknowledge our addiction to these bum-ass labels and the bum-ass talk they're putting out. Because it's one thing for these major labels to be putting this BS out, but it's another thing for the people that are quote-unquote in the streets and got their ear to the streets and know what the people are saying to them every day to be putting out the same BS. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to Talk of the Town tonight. This is the Middleman Radio. And we will be here, back here this Sunday. Hey, man. No, 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 no. Stay, stay, stay on your Facebook pages and uh, check emails and call a friend and tell a friend. Always keep checking on us. You know, we'll be there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Oh, yeah. Big Chain Records. <laughs> the middle men shouted, Big Chris shouted. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, so take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a will to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was dying to break shop. Every Sunday, tune in. Go live 6 p.m. BlogTalkRadio.com. The middle me. Hey. What's happening in the middle of me? Hey, what's happening in the middle of me? Hey, what's happening in blogtalkradio.com? The middle of me. Ba-doom, ba-doom, doom, doom, doom. Yeah, where that? Ba-doom, man, ba-doom, doom. I don't even know what we need to do. I, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. That's it, folks. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn in, folks. Keep, 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 keep. Y'all hear my, my echo? Keep, 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 keep. Tune, tune, tune. In, in. 1970 reverb, boxing. Hey, don't hate. Old school work. Oh, I'm an analog, soul, digital world. I'm going to need somebody to do. I'm going to need somebody to hop in my whip, take the steering wheel. I'm going to sit in the back seat, back, back seat and go to sleep. I'm tired. You tired, Wait. boss? I'm tired, boss. You tell that lady that you're boo. The state of Mississippi don't give a damn about your meteorological assessments. I understand, boss. I'm tired, boss. The state of Mississippi just want this here show done. Honestly, man, I'm about to fall asleep in this dang chair, well. Really, I am. Well, folks, we out, because if he falls asleep in this town, tell him, I'm not picking him up. I'm just going to post some alcohol on the call the police to tell him somebody yeah. drunk outside my studio. Yeah, man. Peace out, folks. Somebody help. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 